ladies and gentlemen, to JWF Monday Night Ignition. I'm your host, Silver Spoon, joined by a man who we all know has an expiration date. It's Captain Tibbs. That sounds I take offense to that. I am very well preserved. However, we do have an expiration date coming up here very soon, and I'm excited about it. That's right, the expiration date pay-per-view, which you made the historic announcement just a few short weeks ago. Ain't gonna have one expiration chamber match. It ain't gonna have two. It is going to have three. Both our captain's championship and world heavyweight championship will be defended in that chamber. But you gotta talk about that historic. The historic chamber match. Six of the finest female talents in the world are going to do battle to see who's going to move on to Wrestlepalooza to face the current JXT Women's Champion, who of course we know currently is Emily Ireland. And whoever wins that match at Wrestlepalooza becomes the first ever JWF Women's Champion. It is historic. Absolutely, Sills. Once in a lifetime, you're going to see this. It's going to be wonderful. The birth of women's wrestling in JWF. That is right, Tibbs. But, like I said, there are a couple other amazing matches, including the Tag Team Championships, which will be on the line when the VWO face off against their rivals, Bananas in Pajamas. And we've brought it up before. We know the last time that Bananas in the Pajamas and the VWO went head-to-head with the tag titles on the line, the VWO walked out victorious. So you gotta say, the ball definitely seems to be in their court. Yes, the VWO has a track record proven against Bananas in Pajamas. That was the old Bananas in Pajamas. That was the Bananas in Pajamas that you expected to lose, and they would lose. This is a bananas in pajamas that we expect to lose, but just keeps on winning, Sills. I don't know. I don't know what that means for this match. That is right, but perhaps we can get a little bit of intel from the leader of the VWO himself, Griffin Clouds, who is in the ring alongside the rest of his brothers in the VWO. So why don't we go down and hear what Griffin has to say about expiration date? This year's expiration date pay-per-view is historic for one reason, and one reason only. It will mark the first time in JWF history where all four members of the VWO can walk out with all of the gold in this company around our waists. FOMO-san here has the opportunity to best all of his opponents and walk out with the captain's championship. The Hammerman, my brother in arms, has the opportunity to do something he has never done before, and that is win the JWF World Heavyweight Championship. And my brother Justin and I have the opportunity to finally shut the mouths of those idiots, bananas in pajamas and give the JWF a tag team that is worth putting those belts on. Because really, Bananas in Pajamas, we faced you in the past. Our brothers have faced you in the past, and every single time we've come away with one thought. You are better than you will ever admit. You two know your way around a squared circle, and believe me, the VWO knows not to underestimate you when you step in that ring at expiration date. 
Our problem with bananas in pajamas don't involve what happens in the ring. It involves what happens when you're out of it. You're screaming about how great you are, getting drunk and passing out in the bathroom of a Dave and Buster's and spending every single day making a mockery of those tag team belts and this division that my brothers and I made prestigious. And believe me, listen guys, I get it. If anybody out there knows how big your ego gets when you get those belts, when you get those belts around your waist, it's us. We've done the whole song and dance, boys. Win the title, cheat your way into keeping it, brag all along the way, and then lose it in a burning trash fire. But this, this, boys, is a new JWF. And this new JWF deserves a better class of champion. One that understands what that title means and how to hold it with pride. One who understands the climb to the top and what happens when you happen to get plucked off of the mountain finally. A champion that actually acts like a champion for once, you degenerates. And at expiration date, my brothers and I, we are finally going to give the JWF a new breed of champion. Well, Tibbs, looks like Griffin Clouds has a mission when it comes to expiration date. Sounds like he don't just want the tag titles. The VWO want all the titles in this company. And let me tell you something. If any group could do that, I've got to put that impetus on the VWO. I mean, Griffin said it just a few short weeks ago. They have done just about everything that there is to do here in the JWF. So, I mean, if anybody can do it, it's got to be the VWO. Absolutely, Sills. They have built themselves up to be one of the most dominant stables you've ever seen in not only JWF, but any other wrestling promotion. I'd put them up against anybody right now, Sills. And they have an opportunity, and they very well could be our entire JWF Champions roster come Monday. That's right. With one exception, the JWF Women's champion who of course as we said earlier the winner of the expiration chamber match between six of the top female talent you could find are going to go on to take on the jxt women's champion with the first ever jwf women's championship being crowned now of course we all know scotty moore the husband of course of the current jxt women's champion emily ireland but he, alongside Blake Tanner, the heads of JXT, were responsible for bringing in women's wrestling to the JXT, and I gotta argue, probably also bringing them into the JWF. That is, uh, that's debatable, Zills. That's debatable, but you can have your opinion. <laughs> that is right, but... Scotty Moore is backstage right now, and forget about his wife being in the main event. We want to hear who he thinks is going to be winning that chamber match. So why don't we go backstage with Scotty Moore and one of our top interviewers to hear what he has to say. Hello, everybody. Honeypot thermonuclear device here with Scotty Moore, the man who came out with his wife, Emily Ireland, last week, claiming she would become the first ever JWF Women's Champion. But, Scotty, you're also the head of JXT Wrestling. You are, in fact, the man who brought women's wrestling into the world of JWF. And I know you know the six competitors in the Expiration Chamber match very well. 
Do you have any early predictions for who may be walking out with that Wrestlepalooza opportunity? Well, yes, you're right. Blake Tanner, myself, we knew JXT needed something exciting. It needed something new. And luckily for us, women's wrestling was exactly the shot in the arm that the JXT needed exactly when it needed it. And while... Yes, I do believe my wife is walking out of Wrestlepalooza as the JWF Women's Champion. I also have to believe in the talent we've created during their time in JXT. And when I look at this chamber match that Tibbs has crafted, I can see that that man understands the type of talent we had on our hands. I mean, you had Val Curry, a woman whose accomplishments could have easily been outshone by her father, Momoa, but in her first year in JXT, she proved she was more than just the daughter of a god. She was a god. You got Janie Hoobs, a woman that came into our company, and look, I'll be honest, Janie, we were not expecting much. She was a North Carolina horseback rider. She knew nothing about the world of wrestling, but then she went on to win the first ever women's rumble match in JXT, and she proved she belonged here. And the biggest surprise to all of us was the warrior princess, Ayana debuting in the JWF and believe me that nickname the warrior princess that's not just some slogan we made to slap on a t-shirt it's the truth she was the first ever JXT women's champion and was undefeated in her reign so you see she doesn't come out and play the character of a warrior princess no no Ayana is the warrior princess and look i know i've got limited time but believe me all of the accolades i just showered on those three are equally deserved by lucretia pendragon alessia jinx and larceny daniels but if you had to ask me to make a prediction if you had to really grind things down i'd ask you to look at the field of competitors we've got here larceny jamie ayana alessia they have all made it to the top of the mountain in JXT. All four of them stepped up and proved themselves. They won the briefcases, they won the rumbles, and they won the title. They know what it's like to be at the top of the mountain. The same can't be said for Lucretia Pendragon and Val Curry. Neither of them have been able to summit that mountain as easily as those four other women. Both of them have been waiting for their moment to come in JXT, and I can see in their eyes, that they are hungry. And I know it's not exactly a popular opinion around here, but in the battle between experience and hunger, Scotty Moore takes hunger every time. So if you had to ask me to make a a prediction, I gotta say, expiration date, watch out for Lucretia Pendragon and Val Curry, because their hunger could just put them at Wrestlepalooza. Well, Tibbs, there you have it. Looks like Scotty Moore ahead of JXT has, has two bold predictions there. Lucretia Pendragon or Val Curry could be heading on to Wrestlepalooza, but you got to think this is also still a battle of experience versus hunger. And if you want to talk about experience, I got to give a big pick to Ayana. Like he said, first ever JXT women's champion, undefeated for the longest time. I mean, that is going to be a big feather in her cap heading towards possibly becoming the first ever JWF women's champion. That is true, Sills. However, you got to think, if Emily Ireland still JXT women's champion by the time Russell Palooza rolls around, 
you gotta remember, the one person that dethroned Ayana all those months ago in JXT is none other than Emily Ireland herself. That might work to Ayana's disadvantage if you think about it. That is right, Tibbs. But speaking of championship matches, why don't we talk about a championship match that hasn't been announced, hasn't even happened yet, even though, I'll be honest, the man deserves it. The man known as the Dillon. Of course, take it out back at heck in a sec with a rotator cuff injury, made his return at the Regal Rumble. And we know in that match where he tore that rotator cuff, he lost his title to Blake Tanner. He has been earned a rematch ever since. But our champion, Blake Tanner, has been dodging him just about every step of the way. Oh, absolutely, Sills. Yeah, he, he was not happy when he thought that he was going to have to face the Dylan in the expiration chamber. That is right, but the Dylan has actually been up to his old tricks. We know when he held the captain's championship, every single week he would issue an open challenge, and he's been doing the exact same thing now. The only difference is now his number one contendership is on the line, and it's on the line right now as he takes on the nightmare Ghazi. But here's the interesting thing about this matchup, Tibbs. Ghazi is the one who tore the rotator cuff of the Dillon. Ghazi is the one who took him out of action. So you've got to think that Ghazi definitely has a big advantage going into this match. I think so too. If not, uh, if not in the ring, then in, in a psychological sense, you got to wonder if the, if Ghazi has taken up residence in the Dylan's head a little bit after he is the one that tore the Dylan's rotator cuff. That's right, and that bell goes dinging. Ooh, both men locking up in the center of the ring, both of them trying to get advantage. And I got to say, Dylan probably has the—he's got the size, he's got the strength, he definitely has the technical acumen. But ooh. Ghazi quickly turns it into an arm ringer and oh my god look at that just whipping that arm of the Dylan towards the earth he is just trying to pull that rotator cuff back out I think Ghazi's trying to re-injure the Dylan right now uh, it would t- certainly seem so Sills I think that's got to be Ghazi's plan Ghazi's going for the psychological approach in this one that's right. Meanwhile, ooh, Dylan reversing into a reverse hammerlock. Got Gazi from behind. Ooh, was going for that Rainmaker that gave him a victory last week over Funky Flossy. But Gazi Duck goes to the ropes. Ooh, beautiful springboard crossbody. Takes down the Dylan. Holds on for the pin. One, two. Ooh, Dylan kicking out. But look at that. Dylan was forced to use that arm, that arm that was torn by Gazi. And you can see he's already favoring it this early into the match. Uh-huh, that is not a good sign, Sills. You gotta wonder if the Dylan is still having some trouble with that even before Ghazi started targeting that arm. That's right, meanwhile, look at that. Ghazi wasting no time to go after that arm once again. Ooh, dropping knees straight into the shoulder. And look at that frustration growing on Dylan's face. I mean, you gotta think, the Dylan was a guy that worked for a very long time to have no weak points in his game, no weaknesses that his opponent can target. But now every single match, he's gotta be prepared to protect that arm. And I got a feeling Dylan does not like having that target on his shoulder. No, the Dylan more than almost anybody I've ever seen wants to wants to project that image of perfection, that image that he is uh, unassailable, that his walls cannot be broken down. But now he's got that one weakness just staring everybody in the face. 
That's right, but finally wrestling back to his feet as the Dylan backing Gazi up into the ropes and ooh, shoots him off, but ooh, gets a big arm drag for his troubles from Gazi. Then a second, Gazi like a house of fire working over that arm with a beautiful drop kick, sending Dylan careening into the ring post. And oh my God, Gazi with a massive tiger faint kick, actually sending Dylan's head careening into the ring post. And look at that, he's got Dylan down. Gazi's up, up on that top rope. Gaz bomb goes for the pinfall. One, two, through Dylan just barely kicking out but look at that Gazi immediately grabbing the arm and stomping at it again Gazi has a one track mind right now and it is going after that arm that's right Sills but that's a good strategy but he's uh, he can't let it distract him from the actual victory he can target that arm all night and it still might not keep the Dylan down for that three count that's right, but this might. This is that move that has ended careers. This is the move that took Scotty Moore out of action for months. He is going to try to snap the Dylan's arm, but ooh, Dylan turns it into a big roll-up. Goes for the pinfall. One, two, ooh, Gazi kicking out, but unfortunately, he just kicked out to a man that looks ready to end this as Dylan just hits a big boot, then a second, and you can see Dylan wisely using his legs as opposed to his arms for these comeback maneuvers. That is a wise move from the Lord of the Smart side. Absolutely. He's got to save his arms for the big moment. If he, he doesn't have all the strength that he can muster when he locks in that Anaconda device, then it's just not going to work. That's right. You can see, wait a minute, Gazi off the ropes, but Dylan with a big scoop slam, the technical spectacle on fire. And Tim's at this point, if I'm Gazi, I think I'm out of the ring. I, I think I, I, I have no choices left at this point because Dylan, he's keeping the arm hidden. He's keeping that target behind his back. What advice would you give Gazi in this moment when staring down that seven foot monster? Right now, I think you have the right idea, Sills. Get out of the ring, take a breather, get somewhere where he can't pin or submit you, and then uh, take a minute to reassess, try to find another weakness, another way in. That's right. Meanwhile, Dylan whips him into the ropes, but Ugazi goes for that springboard crossbody again, but gets caught in midair by the Dylan before picking him up on his shoulders. Total destruction! That massive neckbreaker just sends Gazi to the earth, goes for the pinfall. One, two... Ooh, another kick out from Gazi. Looking like the Nightmare got a little fight in him left after all, Tibbs. Absolutely, Sills. This is, he's got to have to do everything he can to stay into the game right now. That's right, but unfortunately, that might not pay off as Dylan picks him up. He's got him from behind, going for that Rainmaker. But Gazi reverses. Gazi's reverses. He's got Dylan from behind. He's going for the Bloody Eagle. The Bloody Eagle, that move that tore Dylan's rotator cuff so many months ago. But no, Dylan, backslide. Oh, but he reverses it into the D-Trigger. That massive knee to the face from the Dylan is taking out Gazi. And he's locked him in. He's locked him in the vice. He's got Gazi in the vice. And Tim's the nightmare forced to tap at the very last minute. Once again, Sills, you see that technical acumen of the Dylan coming out in spades, turning that bloody eagle into a backslide, taking notes from the last time it happened to him, and finding a way to overcome it again. That is right, Tim's butt. Even though Gazi lost, let's not forget, he's still going to have an opportunity at the Captain's Championship long before Dylan is, as he faces him in the Expiration Chamber match. But 
We have not been focusing on the championship match, the JWF World Heavyweight Championship on the line. We know your son, Chuck Tibbs, former champion, Guy Fieri, one of your personal favorites, the Hammerman. Tons of men are heading into this match looking to go to Wrestlepalooza with that title around their waist. But one man who certainly is going to be trying to make a splash is Hollywood Hulcher, a man who had a banner year, a banner debut year here in the JWF. But you got to think this is his first time stepping into the chamber. Absolutely, Sills. And I can tell you, your first time in the chamber, it is a, it is a harrowing experience. Uh, Hollywood Holter, he's learned a lot over the last year uh, after his return to the JWF. But this is one of the final hurdles that he has yet to overcome. And we might still see his inexperience come into play. That's right. But we have got Hollywood Holter backstage with one of our top interviewers. So why don't we hear what the man from Hollywood has to say about his opponents come expiration date. Let's have a listen. Ladies and gentlemen, Dodd the Dodd McDonald backstage here with the man who will be stepping in to the expiration chamber match in just a few short weeks against five of the JWF's most dominant competitors, Hollywood Hulcher. Now, Hollywood, you've had a historic year. I mean, you led Team JWF to victory and crossing the line. You defeated Danny Roanoke in a brutal best of seven series. And most importantly, you walked out with the Tibby Award for rookie of the year but the real question is now this do you have what it takes to step into the expiration chamber match and walk out with the title around your waist look man i'm i'm not gonna walk up and pretend that that chamber match isn't gonna be difficult mcdonald i'm not gonna pretend like this match isn't good is i'm not gonna walk up and pretend that this match is gonna be a walk in the park because i know exactly who i'm gonna be facing I mean, you've got powerhouses like the War Wizard and Croc. you got technical masters like Chuck Tibbs and the Hammerman. And you got the former champion himself, Guy Fieri. The proverbial deck is all stacked against me. This is my first time in the chamber, Don. I mean, geez. But that being said, the deck stacked against me. That's where I work best. My entire best-of-seven series against Danny Roanoke last year, the deck was stacked against me from the beginning. Back in JXT, I had the deck stacked against me when I won the first-ever Highway to Hell tournament. And Scotty Moore certainly didn't, certainly made sure that the deck was stacked against me at crossing the line. Oh, and that actually brings me to my next question. One of the members of Scotty's team that faced you during the war of JXT and JWF was, in fact, the man who will be set to face you at Wrestlepalooza if you manage to walk out with the title, Robert Hill. So I, I got to ask, if you happen to walk out, if you happen to become champion, how do you feel about ho possibly having to face the unpinned and unsubmitted King of the Hill in that match. Uh, um, well, I... I honestly don't know how to feel about that, McDonald. I... I mean, I mean, it's it's obviously a bridge that I'll, I'll cross when I get to it, but, 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 you know, Robert Hill isn't a man to be taken lightly. I mean, like you said, the man has never been pinned or submitted. Hell, the only way we managed to get him eliminated from our match at crossing the line was... Through a double countout, we had to sacrifice Chuck Tibbs just to get him out of that match. But, listen, I will say this. If it comes down to it, 
If Hollywood Holcher is forced to get into the ring with Robert Hill, I'll do exactly what any of those men in that chamber match would do. I will fight with everything I have and just pray that I can get that man's shoulders down on the mat because, listen, I don't act like this very often, but after my last year here, McDonald, I know that I deserve championship gold in the JWF and, and at Wrestlepalooza, I'm going to have exactly that. Well, Tim, certainly seems like Hollywood Holcher is coming to expiration date to show up and show out. And who knows? Let me tell you something. After the year that boy had, he may very much, much be heading into Wrestlepalooza to face off against Robert Hill. It's just a matter if he can get it done when that happens. Uh, I know, Sills. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you, had the prospect of having to face Robert Hill down the line, that should be weighing on every single uh, competitor in that chamber match. <laughs> it should be in the back of everybody's mind, even though they've got to focus on getting through this match first. And it looks like that's where Hollywood Holcher's head is at right now. It's in the game. It is on ruts right ahead of him. That's right. I feel like everybody in that match is looking towards the future and not focusing on the match itself. But one man who I know is focusing on his match, not focusing on the future, has got to be Blake Tanner. I mean, we've already said he doesn't want to face the Dylan, and he is not worried about that. I think right now all he's focusing on is this chamber match. This may be Blake Tanner's chance to prove himself once again in the eyes of the JWF universe. The man has not had a banner year by any description th throughout all of 2020. So you got to think Blake Tanner is certainly wanting to prove himself at expiration date. And Sills, you got to add on to that. Even though Blake Tanner has held championship gold since heck in a sec, he has not really had a moment to shine with it. He's not really had a moment to prove himself as a dominant fighting champion. Something always seems to come around and bite him in the ass. And honestly, Sills, most of the time it's been Blake Tanner. That's right. Biggest enemy has been himself so far. I mean, let's look back at the Regal Rumble. Probably was going to have the night off. Instead, decided to call out the entire WWE locker room for a fight. And that was the moment Blake Tanner needed to shine. That was the moment Blake Tanner needed to prove himself against his opponent, which of course was Daniel Bryan. But unfortunately, fell prey to the yes lock, tapped out just about immediately. And Blake Tanner's big moment once again taken from him by himself, more than likely. Absolutely, Sills. And will that is that going to be a trend that continues? Judging on Blake Tanner's attitude, it looks like it. Well, the captain's champion is in the ring right now. So why don't we hear what Blake Tanner has to say? At the Regal Rumble. I got to square off against one of, if not the greatest technical wrestlers of our generation, none other than Daniel Bryan. And you know, I've watched that match back a few times since then, and I really just couldn't help but notice something that our wonderful commentary team kept saying about me. They kept saying that this match should have been a wake-up call for me. A call for me to return to the Blake Tanner of yesteryear. Blake Tanner, the technical mastermind that burned rubber in the ring and always got the job done. And wow, that really resonated with me and it got me to thinking. 
Tonight, I am here to tell you that that Blake Tanner, that Blake Tanner never left, you brain-dead idiots! He has been here week in and week out for months doing what he does best. Keeping this title around his waist. You know what? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That, that was probably a little unfair to you, especially Tibbs, on the commentary desk. I mean, you were right that my match with Daniel Bryan was a wake-up call. Because it finally woke me up to see what's been in front of my face all this time. I realized as I heard you call that match just how terrified you are that I have this belt around my waist. I could hear how it made you seethe with rage when you thought of me carrying this title that you champion for all this time. You remembered the last time that I held gold in this company and that I held it for over a year. I held your championship picture hostage for a whole damn year and I wouldn't let any of your favorites even get the opportunity to tackle my throne. And now I have gold again. And you're doing everything you can to take it away from me. I mean, really, Tibbs, you don't think that I haven't noticed that you finally stooped to bold-faced cheating? Trying to cheat me out of my title, cheat me out of what I rightly deserve? I know what you're doing, Tibbs! Making me face Daniel Bryan, a god in the professional wrestling business, and then putting me up against the Jebedoke just a week after that? Really? You didn't even have me check to see if I was cleared to get into the ring before that match. And now, just a few weeks after that, you're putting me up against five other men who want nothing more than to rip me limb from limb and take this title away from me. Come on! Well, Tibbs, it looks like, uh, looks like Blake Tanner's calling you out. I mean, do you have a response to this? Tibbs, I can neither confirm nor deny what Blake Tanner is saying. I, I think he's blowing everything out of proportion right now. I mean, that's just... That's just crazy. What, when have I ever done anything like that? That is right. But, oh, wait a minute. It looks like a couple of Blake Tanner's opponents of that expiration date are coming out to the ring. Looks like they don't agree with what he has to say either. Because, I mean, you got to think Blake Tanner basically said the only reason they've got this match ain't because they've earned it, but it's just because of what you said. And it, it looks like these men definitely have to uh, take some umbrage with that. Oh, and here they come now. It's the idiot brigade of losers and wannabe champions that Tibbs is sending to keep his belt away from its rightful champion. Oh, God, look at you. Where should I even start? <laughs> How about FOMO-san? Hey, didn't you just lose your belt at the Regal Rumble? And now you're immediately getting another title shot for no reason? Oh, and look. In the back there, Funky Flossy, a loser that beat another loser and suddenly gets him all the preferential treatment in the world. Oh, and let's not forget Little Gazi, even though everybody else has. The proverbial nightmare who can't do anything but lick somebody else's boots. A guy that couldn't keep his eye on the ball long enough to actually beat me in the ring. And didn't you just lose ten minutes ago? 
And finally, Chuck Gibbons. Uh, Tibbs, I'm fairly sure the other three are going to kind of take that with a grain of salt, but I don't think Gibbons owns salt. No, Sills, all, all Gibbons owns is pain. Pain that he delivers very quickly. This is a bad idea on Blake Tanner's part. I'd recommend he choose his next words very carefully. Look, I get it, man. Chuck, you're just showing up from JXT. You're trying to find your place in the company, but listen, and listen real good, rookie. Your place ain't with this belt. Actually, I don't even know if it's with any belts. Why don't you just go ahead and call up the hard Americans? They need somebody else to drag down to the job squad with them. Dropped with a massive Olympic slam from Gibbons before Oop walking into a massive Funky Kong from Funky Flossie. These four men are beating the hell out of Blake Tanner and Tiff. Let me tell you something. I know I'm supposed to stay impartial, but that son of a bitch deserved that. Damn straight, Sills. I don't know what he expected. Honestly, really. That's right, but ooh, unfortunately, an errant strike from Fomoson just connected with Chuck Gibbons. And now look at this, Gibbons and Fomoson brawling in the ring, both of them former BS champions in JXT, and they are showing how they earned that gold right now. 100% Sil, that shows that there is no love lost between the rest of the competitors in this ex- expiration chamber match. And that, that might actually help Blake Tanner eventually, because it, you look at him. That's right. I mean, Funky, Flossie, Gauzy, both of them going at it. Both of those big names down in JXT as well. And uh, look at this, Tim's Blake Tanner actually just sneaking out of the ring. The snake letting the letting the rest of them just battle it out in the ring. Blake Tanner, the cowards, scampering up the ramp. <laughs> well, Sills, he might be running away now, but uh, I don't know if you've noticed. There are only four men in that ring. Oh, and I see what you're talking about. Blake Tanner backing up directly into the man who defeated him last week, the Jebeduk. Oh, and he eats a big duke whirl for his troubles. But, oh, Tibbs, look at what the Jebeduk has lying at, at his feet. The JWF Captain's Championship and Jebeduk holding it high, just showing the world what he thinks may just happen at expiration date. And you know, Sills, that a lot of people here in the audience want to see that happen, too. Let's have a captain's champion that's named the Jebeduk. That is right, Tibbs. And let me tell you something. This is building up to be one hell of an expiration date pay-per-view. But before that, we do have one last episode of JXT Monday Night Ignition to get through, and it is going to be a banger. We are going to see the Dylan once again putting his number one conditionship on the line, this time against AJ Steele of the Hard Americans, who, let's be honest, AJ Steele for the longest time has been waiting to get back into a title picture, and this may be his opportunity if he can somehow best the Dylan. It could be a good. It would be a great opportunity if AJ Steele were able to to do something against the Dylan. But Sills, let me tell you, I'm not looking forward to the promos if he does. That is right. In addition, your son Chuck Tibbs, the JWF champion, is going to return to this company with a message for all of his opponents at expiration date and. 
ahead of their match at that very same pay-per-view. We are going to see the debut of our six female wrestlers, Lucretia Pendragon, Larceny Daniels, Alessia Jinx, Ayana, Valkyrie, Janie Hooves in a three-on-three tag team match. And Tibbs, I got no clue who's going to be coming out of that victorious. I don't know, Sills, but I can guarantee you it's going to be action-packed and non-stop. That's right, but until next time, remember to support the show at patreon.com slash load of BS. We've opened up new tiers at different levels, $2, $5, $10. Just donate what you can. Every single little bit can help the show and pick up merchandise for your favorite superstars at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. Every little bit helps, people. That's right, but until next time, he's been Captain Tibbs, I've been Silver Spoon, and this has been JWF Monday Night Ignition. And we will see you next time.